there. Welcome. And thanks for listening along with Kingstown Communion, an inclusive and affirming United Methodist Church in the Kingstown area of Alexandria, Virginia. And our community exists to gather people, just like you here now, into communion with Christ and extend God's table into the world through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. This podcast is just one way that we live this out. For more information about our church or to give to our ministry, visit kingstowncommunion.net. And if you live nearby, we hope you'll join us for worship on Sundays at Hayfield Secondary School. Book of Daniel, chapter 6, verses 6 to 28. So the administrators and satraps conspired and came to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the administrators of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors, are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an interdict that whoever prays to any god or human for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the interdict and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and interdict. Although Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he continued to go to his house, which had windows in its upper room, open toward Jerusalem, and to get down on his knees three times a day to pray to his God and praise him, just as he had done previously. Then those men watched and found Daniel praying and seeking mercy before his God. Then did they, they approached the king and said concerning the interdict, O king, did you not sign an interdict that anyone who prays to any god or human within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the den of lions? The king answered, this thing, the thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they responded to the king, Daniel, one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king or to the interdict you, you have signed. But he is saying his prayers three times a day. When the king heard the charge, he was very much distressed. He was determined to save Daniel, and until the sun went down, he made every effort to rescue him. Then the conspirators came to the king and said to him, Know, O king, that is the, a law of the Medes and the Persians, that no interdict or ordinance that the king establishes cannot be can be changed. Then the king gave the command, and Daniel was brought and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you faithfully serve, deliver you. A stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet ring of his lords so that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. 
Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No entertainment was brought to him, and slept and sleep fled from him. Then at dawn, the king got up, and at first light hurried to the den of lions. When he came near the den where Daniel was, he cried out anxiously to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you faithfully serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Daniel then said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me. Because I was found blameless before you, also before you, O king, I have done no wrong. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. The king gave a command, and those who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the den of lions, they, their children, and their wives. Before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. The, then King Darius wrote to all, the, all peoples and nations of every language throughout the whole world, May you have abundant prosperity. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people shall tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion has no end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He has saved Daniel from the power of the lions, so this Daniel proposed during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. The word of God for the people of God. God. Y'all thought that was just about a guy in a den of lions. Um, uh, did you know that story was that long? <laughs> um, hey, could somebody check and make sure that, my, that the important crock pots are on? Um, <laughs> all of a sudden, my, my brain was going like, make sure that gravy is on. I just, I, I hear Daniel and I thought gravy, I don't know. Um, uh, so I wonder if you noticed in that passage this morning, I wonder if you noticed if it, um, I wonder what like stuck stuck out to you, if, if it was the same thing that stuck out to me this week in, that, in this passage, um, a week that turned out to be so much different than I thought it would when, when, when the week began, um, here's what I noticed in this passage. Here's what feels important to me, maybe something new, uh, maybe something you never noticed, that in this story that we all know well, or we've known of well, that God shut the mouths of the lions instead of keeping Daniel out of the den. Just like take a second and think about that. I wonder how that hangs with you this week, or this month, or this year. God is God, and God could have kept Daniel out of the den altogether. 
But that's not how the story goes. Instead, Daniel is thrown into the den, but God shows up by shutting the mouths of the lions. Um, I've been doing a lot of, and I invited you all into it, too, on Thursday. I've been doing a lot of that kind of in-the-den praying this week. Um, And in moments when I turn to prayer, I have to be honest. Like, this is super embarrassing. (laughs) But... um, I'm often dismayed at how little I actually expect the prayers I'm praying to change the circumstance at hand. Does anybody else feel that way? Like, I pray. I've been doing a lot of praying. I invited you all to pray. I sent a text to the congregation as a whole on, um, uh, if, you're, if you get text messages, or if you opt out, sorry. Um, but uh, I... Yeah, I sent a text to everybody saying, would you pray with me on Thursday night? Um, And I am often dismayed, well, I was also dismayed this week, to realize how little I expected the prayers of our people to change the circumstance of that meeting. Um, It's super embarrassing. But when the, like, when the lions roar, and I find myself praying more than I ever have, my lack of prayer is, the, is always the first evidence of my weakness of faith. Um, and so I, I did feel this week uh, just a, truly a weakness of, of faith um, and what was ahead. What, what was the answer going to be? And then I read the events of this scripture. Like, like Daniel in the lion's den, a story like this one. And it's like the Holy Spirit challenged my sluggishness to believe in, in what God can do. And I think we've all probably had moments like this. We're all going to have those, di- those lion's den kind of experiences in our lives, right? But um, not many of us will ever have them as acutely dangerous as, as Daniel did. <laughs> um, but we will all have them. And this week has kind of been, for me, um, one of those weeks where I've prayed more than I usually do. And I also doubted in its efficacy to change anything. Um, and so let me share a little bit about, um, about this week with you. Um, so I, um, we very confidently shared last Sunday this glorious opportunity um, of this building. And um, I learned uh, three things this week. Three main things that I think are super important as I share this information with you. One, how unbelievably invested this congregation is in the finding of 
a, a permanent kind of grounding location. So long as the price is right, so long as we stay true to our mission. I heard from, I mean, just so many of you, phone calls, leaving me messages, e long emails from people that aren't typically people who have much to say, like don't, don't, aren't long-winded people. You know, we have long-winded people. They were not the long-winded people. Um, uh, text messages, countless checking in, and um, I, we, I learned something, like this is, everybody responded to this in this kind of visceral way, yes, this is the next step for Kingstown. What great news to learn as, uh, the, well, what great news for our leadership to know, we just wrote our three-year strategic plan and that was not in it, right? <laughs> so how wonderful to know that that's now a part of our plan, right? Um, second thing I learned this week, that my desperation or our leadership's desperation for that opportunity um, was unfounded. There's more opportunities. We've been offered more buildings this week. Um, and then the third thing I learned this week is how, um, how deep the concerns of Franconia are. Um, they have serious concerns about us moving there. Um, and uh, we need to, as a congregation committed to courageous conversation and um, creative community and collaboration, we cannot ignore um, their deep concerns. Um, if, you're, if you are from Franconia and you're joining us online today, I just want to say welcome. Thank you for joining us in worship. Um, and uh, so I think it's really important that we listen. And I think that um, this week we heard back from the committee on, on, on Friday after they met with Franconia. And um, we learned that the committee also, the committee that was very intrigued and hopeful in the hearing of our proposal the week before, um, heard the deep concerns from Franconia. And though I said, you know, they don't get a veto, they didn't, they, they, didn't get, they don't get a vote, I didn't get a vote, right? I, we don't get a vote either. But though they did not get a veto, they heard them and it, it did um, mold their feelings about this in a way where they responded at this point in time we cannot say yes to this um, it wasn't a no it was at this point with the information we have before us um, and a couple of other things that we noticed and that y'all never told us you ever were interested in a building so that would we but we didn't know right like i didn't know that we were so they also kind they said a, we don't think this is the we don't think it is right at this moment to say yes to this because of the deep concerns here. B, it's good for us to know that you're interested in a grounded, more grounding location, a location that you can move out of. Um, we really highly suggest that you let us know that in a formal capacity, so that we can be thinking ahead with you. 
about the options that are to come. Um, so this week I learned also that there are options to come while also being offered, um, and we can talk a little bit more about this in a little while. I'm not gonna give all the specifics. I can give you specifics in a little bit. Um, but uh, we learned that there are other churches that are not Methodist who want us, um, want to offer us space. Beautiful, wonderful, generous, kind of crazy um, opportunities. Um, and we also learned that there may be UMC churches that are in the act of deciding whether their time, um, their season has come to an end. And that that could very well even happen this spring. Um, and that we had not let them know that that was even an interest we had. It would be good to know more about that, right? Um, I think what we ought to take away from Daniel's story is noticing that, that God didn't God didn't keep Daniel out of the den. God shut the lion's mouths instead. And it'd be really easy in this story to read this story and immediately point fingers at who the lions are, right? Um, but I think the lions before us are the things our brains tell us that this is the only option, this is the only way, this is the desperate move we must next make, right? That's the lions that keep us from from seeing where God is and how God is showing up. Um, I know that when I, on Thursday evening, felt dismayed in my own lack of believing that prayer could actually change something, was left in like tearful awe Friday morning as I'm sitting across the table from another person that I've never met in my life offering our church saying your church has made an impact we've watched what you've done we've been paying attention and we would love for you to have permanent space in our building and I just went wow I am so dismayed at how little I believe God answers prayers right um, it's and you know my, what my always, my deepest concern is? My deepest concern is how will Brett be? <laughs> my worry is always how, you know, I, there's a, I, I felt like this would have been so, such good news um, for him. And so I often thinking, how will this, how will this, how will this, uh, and I will tell you, I have not experienced any kind of faith, kind of like Holy Spirit, powerful optimism and hopefulness as I have for Brett this week um, that he said no actually I think this is more hopeful than I was last Sunday because last Sunday it felt like last Sunday it felt like us being thrown something and we're being scrappy and trying to piece it together as much as we can make it work right and now you don't get offered two different buildings in a month from two different denominations that aren't your denomination um, and then find out there's other options without knowing that no, like God is actually at work in making this happen. That's not a, or did we get thrown something and we're trying to piece it together and make it work? This is a, God, what in the world are you doing? And may we pay attention to it, right? So I hope... 
I hope you would allow your prayers in this season um, to be ones not like mine, not actually believing they can make a difference, but that they might be prayers um, that lead to just incredible opportunity and open up our mind to, to what God is actually saying, what God is actually doing in our church because I believe that the options before us are more hopeful than ever. And I know you don't know what those are, but I will share them soon. Um, let's pray um, so that we can enjoy this, this meal together, so that we can take communion. God, we are so grateful for your presence among our midst that you um, don't, don't keep us out of the din. Gosh, I wish that this, the din of this week was not um, something I had to experience, that our church had to experience. I wish the optimism that I, that I had last Sunday um, was not so, um, oh gosh, that it didn't turn so quickly this week. But you, you lead us into the den, God, because you need us to see. You need us to see where people are hurting. You need us to listen to our neighbor. You need us to not, um, not with desperation move forward and also bulldoze but to intentionally move, God, into the next stage and season of this church that you are calling us to that is not ever desperate when we're moving in your plan, but is intentional and missional and grounded in a future and a plan and a purpose. And so, God, shut the mouths of the lions that tell us that that was the only option. Shut the mouths of the lions that tell us that this is just how the church is or that we ought to feel any way at all today after this week that isn't just pure gratitude for where you are leading us next. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord, who taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.